0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. And there's still no speaker, but the vote is getting ready to go. Tom Cole of Oklahoma just spoke in glowing terms about Jim Jordan. Now here's uh, Peter Aguiar. And I promise to make these speeches shorter
1: if we get closer to a compromise, but I'm not certain that that's going to happen at this moment.
0: Hakeem Jeffries is not a compromise. Hakeem Jeffries would be a terrible speaker for America. Well, progressives will be terrible speakers for America. Remember this when you go to vote. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, what's going down? 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669, that's the number, 833 uh, got Tony. We don't have a speaker yet, and it doesn't matter what the Democratic Party says, It doesn't matter how they complain. It doesn't matter what they say. It's all nonsense. It only matters that Republicans get this done because then the matter is behind them. And everything else said about it won't count. It will only matter what they do. This is where the left is making a mistake. They're reveling in the moment, I guess, to the extent that you don't blame them, you don't blame them. Look at the dysfunction on the right. Look at their inability to pick a speaker. Look, it was 220 to 200 and 212 to 200. Look how Hakeem Jeffries beat Jim Jordan yesterday. But he didn't get the the spot. 20 uh, Republicans went in other directions. Trying to prove a point, I guess, doesn't seem like it's much of a point, personally. Then again, it didn't seem like much of a point to remove uh, Kevin McCarthy when they did. Removing Kevin McCarthy was a mistake. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. Don't tell me about your conservative principles. You want to have a fight? I'm totally down with the fight. No plan is a mistake. I'm right, and I'm willing to fight. I'm Right on this, that there was no plan. We can agree or disagree about whether or not we think McCarthy was a good speaker, but we cannot disagree on whether or not there was no plan. There was only Matt Gaetz's ego, and I don't give a good holy damn about Matt Gaetz's ego, and if his ego is part of your calculus, my gosh, Jed, I don't even want to know you. But there was no plan, and now we have this, and it looks weird. And the longer it goes on, the weirder it will look, and then it will have some level of effect. But once you have a speaker, it all goes away, now you get into policy. And the policy conversation is gonna be a big one because the policy conversation does what? Spending. It does spending. And Joe Biden,
2: who is right there in Israel, just told you more spending's coming. Today I'm also announcing 100 million dollars in new US funding for humanitarian assistance in both Gaza and the West Bank.
0: That money will go directly to Hamas. This guy doesn't learn anything. Now, you say to me America needs to show that it cares about people and America needs to show that it's worried about innocent people. I I don't disagree. But the money won't go where it's supposed to go. You think $6 billion going to Iran to humanitarian causes actually gets to Iran? Of course it doesn't. Now, the 6000000000 billion hasn't been released yet, and it shouldn't be released. It should not be released. But it doesn't go to where you think it's going to go. Of course it gets stolen. Of course it gets manipulated. Of course it gets misused. Of course it does. Now we're going to talk more about Biden's trip uh, to Israel and what got said and what we think it means. We're we're going we're going to get to that. But the speaker conversation. Well, this is about us. We should be clear. I am not turning my back on Israel for half a second. Not a chance. I'm turning my back. And I have watched our media apparatus just, you know what, the bed with lies and deceit, especially about this bombing of a hospital. Disgusting. The New York Times is despicable. If you trust it as a news source, you're nuts. CNN is despicable. If you trust it as a news source, you're nuts. MSNBC is despicable. If you trust it as a news source, you are nuts. And we just gave, the Republicans just gave the debate to NBC. The third debate will be on NBC. I don't know why. All I know is uh, I will be having a debate party. Uh, we're doing final details tonight. I cannot wait to tell you all about it and how you can be a part of it. It's going to be smoketastic. <gasps> I've said too, too much. I spoke too soon. I'll tell you about it. You can't trust these people. You cannot trust these people. It is obvious that we have a media that wants to take the side, if not so much Hamas, certainly against Israel. They clearly, clearly want that. They don't want Israel to be seen in a good light at all. And it is Benjamin Netanyahu who made very clear to President Biden and Secretary Blinken and others in attendance exactly what the issue is.
1: Mr. President... You're meeting with our united war cabinet, united and resolved to lead Israel to victory. This will be a different kind of war, because Hamas is a different kind of enemy. While Israel seeks to minimize civilian casualties, Hamas seeks to maximize civilian casualties. Hamas wants to kill as many Israelis as possible, and has no regard whatsoever to Palestinian lives. Every day, they perpetrate a double war crime, targeting our civilians while hiding behind their civilians, embedding themselves in the civilian population and using them as human shields. We've seen the cost of this, this terrible double war crime against humanity that Hamas is perpetrating in the last 11 days As Israel legitimately targets terrorists, civilians are unfortunately harmed. Hamas is responsible and should be held accountable for all civilian casualties. We saw the cost of this terrible war crime yesterday, when a rocket fired by a Palestinian terrorist misfired and landed on a Palestinian hospital. The entire world was rightfully outraged, but this outrage should be directed not in Israel, but at the terrorists. As we proceed in this war, Israel will do everything it can to keep civilians out of harm's way. We have asked them and will continue to ask them to move to safer areas. We'll continue to work with you, Mr. President, to assure that the minimal requirements are met. And we'll continue to work together to get our hostages out. Mr. President, the road to victory will be long and hard. But united in purpose and with a deep sense of justice and the unbreakable spirit of our soldiers and our people, Israel will prevail. Thank you, Mr. President.
2: Thank you, uh, Mr. Prime Minister.
0: Biden then went on to remind uh, Israel that they are not alone. Okay, they're not alone. This This is good to know. It's good to know they're not alone. We seem to want to forget in America how this started. This started because Hamas is a terrorist organization that wants Jews dead. They attacked Israel. They're guilty. They're at fault, and they have to go in order for the rest of us to have decent lives. That's where it is at. I'm not apologizing for that. Those are the facts. Our media, however, don't care about facts. They care about everything, but I will get to that story in just a few. The vote is happening for Speaker. How will it Jordan. go down? Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Bowman.
3: Jeffries. Jeffries. Boyle of Pennsylvania. Joaquin Jeffries. Jeffries. Brekeen. Jordan.
0: The vote Brown. has just started. We've got a ways uh, to go to figure out whether or not Jordan can get it on this second ballot. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Four point nine percent. I'm talking about the ten-year Treasury. It cracked four point nine. Interest rates at eight percent. Yes, please. All oh, right, now four point nine two seven. We said it was going to crack 5%. We were clear about this. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-468-8669-833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And the podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast, you should be subscribed uh, to it. The two-year treasury is up almost two basis points at 5.231. Last time you saw levels that high, 2,006. The 4.9, last time you saw that in the 10-year, 2007, that's it, 2007, that's right. This, of course, ties into the fact uh, that mortgages are just getting punched in the face. Who's buying a house? But the prices of houses hasn't necessarily gone down because there is, uh, what's the word I'm uh, looking for? No inventory. Only people who have to sell are selling. Only people who have to buy are buying. Now you can say to me, "Well, it's, that's, that's usually the fair amount of the buyers and the sellers." But sometimes you're like, you know, what? Let's just put it on the market. See, we can get an opportunity. We can get a deal. Eight percent mortgages. No one's getting a deal. My parents are selling their house in Florida right now. They're they're in Boynton. So if anybody wants to be in a fifty five and older community, it's 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 there. It's it's right there. Happy to, ha- happy to help. Um. And now all of a sudden, there's a bunch of houses on the market. There, but, you're, but Tony, you're, you're saying there isn't much uh, inventory. Look, it's 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 Florida, a different beast than I'm than I'm I'm used to. And yes, there can be things that happen with in a, in a place that's for fifty people, fifty five plus people do die. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just trying to. I'm just stating a fact. That is that is it. I'm just. Discussing facts right there. That's all, nothing else. So they're they, like do we lower the price? Do we just wait? They might do a, they're going to do a mix of both. I assume they're going to lower the price a little bit and then and then figure it out. But this market is going to be very, very difficult. People need a house desperately. They're going to spend whatever it is they have to. If they don't need it, they're not going to buy anything. Now, my parents may have to lower their price. Across the country, doesn't seem to be the case. There doesn't seem to be any proof of that. What I can give anecdotally does not necessarily mean something, um, you know, when it comes to uh, the, the rest of the country. It doesn't show the data. What does show the data right now, as we are watching it, There are now seven votes for others, which means Jim Jordan will not have the votes on this second round. Jim Jordan will not have the votes to be Speaker of the House. Do I I have to play it? Jeffries. All right. uh, No, Jeffries is not going to be it either there. Uh, Here here you go. You
2: don't have the votes.
1: The
0: votes. All right, it can go dead. That's fine by me. Um, he doesn't have it. He does not have the votes. So what comes next? What happens next? I don't have a good answer for that. I don't know if now what you're going to see is a whole new choice for Speaker. I don't know now if what you're going to see is a revolt against those members who voted for others who are being just out of their heads. This is silly already. You've got people still voting for Scalise. You have people who, someone, uh, I think it was Buchanan, who pushed for Byron Donalds. Donalds has not been mentioned anywhere. What are you doing? Why? Why are you doing it? By the way, I'll take Speaker Donalds. But this is a remarkable level of Unserious. And without question, the Republican Party, why did you bring the vote if you didn't have it? Why'd you do it? And I'm curious as to what's happening in the room. No one has turned to Ken Ken Buck and said, you're a putz. Did you hear the statement from uh, Victoria Spartz? I swear to you I looked at this four ways from Sunday I I didn't know what it meant. she is the congresswoman in the Indiana fifth my member of Congress and no fan of McCarthy well she has made a statement and the statement uh, says that look if 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 uh, these uh, Jim Jordan people think that they can just uh, pressure the members into voting for him you got another thing coming i'm not gonna get pressured to 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 vote for you and uh if you keep this up i may actually run again for congress just so you can primary me uh what she said she's not running there's a whole host of people who are right now running for uh for, for this seat, you even have a guy who worked with Kevin McCarthy. His name is Max Ingling he's a decent dude young guy like 36 went to, went to college uh, in Indiana. he's a native of central Indiana but he was uh, the, wasn't the member services director for McCarthy like it's a big gig. Big big gig. He was involved in a series of things, and he's come back to, to Indiana to run for Congress. You've got a guy by the name of Chuck Goodrich who uh, owns a major electric company. We're talking some serious loot. He's running. Seems like a nice enough dude. I don't know my policy, but seems like a nice enough dude. There are a couple other people running, but now you're gonna, now you're 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 Victoria Spartz, and you're like, I'm so mad. Uh, Jim Jordan, I may run again, just so he has to run somebody against me. You already got nine people running against you, and I am not so sure that the the Indiana Fifth District is going to like the idea of this playing around. Well, oh, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Hmm, maybe they'll force me back into it. Hmm, maybe I'll be so angry I run. Uh, you're talking about representing people. You got to be respectful of that. You got to be respectful of that. So, a lot of weird things happening on the sidelines. Uh, but, but back to uh, the vote. You now have votes for others uh, totaling 12. So, no, Jordan will not get this. They'll go through it. And they'll go back at it again. Every time you do this, you give the Democrats a little more firepower. Once it's done, it's done. Democrats will have nothing. Will it be Jordan? Will it be, uh, it won't be Scalise. I can't imagine it. Tom Emmer of Minnesota. Gosh, I I hope not. I'm not really interested in Tom Emmer. Will it be Patrick McHenry, the current speaker pro tem, as a consensus candidate and get this done? Maybe. I don't know McHenry well. I just want to know he can play angry. I want to know he can do work. 'Cause remember, no matter the speaker is, the first thing's first is not the Israel funding, nor is it Ukraine funding. It is the appropriations bills get down the spending, keep things moving in America. That's first. Anybody that says otherwise is nuts. 4.914 30-year fixed rates will be at 8% tomorrow. Things are not fine. Things are very not fine in this economy. 8%, by the way, on a mortgage, historically, not a bad place to be. Over the past 10 years, uh, devastating and changes the entire game. And certainly it's changing the game for people who want to raise capital and build a business and expand and buy equipment, etc. None of this is good. But back to the Israel conversation. And the lies told by the media, told about this rocket attack, if they had just waited and done any bit of reporting, they would have told you that Hamas set off a rocket, it misfired, failed, and hit a hospital. Instead, Hamas told you that the Israelis bombed a hospital and all these news organizations including the New York Times and others, members of Congress like the bigot Rashida Tlaib, they went with that story. Because destroying Israel is the name of the game. And yes, there's media that's complicit. That story is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. There's no understanding why news organizations don't actually engage in news and go about asking what happened before reporting on what happened. Uh, except of course you come to the answer as you have throughout the last years that you've seen this over and over and over again it's because the answer to the question isn't as important as the story that gets put out now you say to me tony that's just the regular everyday talking point that the media can't be trusted and the media is not your side and the media is pushing narrative as opposed to facts well in the case of israel And the attack from the terrorist organization Hamas that murdered 1,400 people, that set people on fire, that raped women, that kidnapped babies, that kidnapped the elderly. When it comes to this, yes, I think it's very obvious that the media has taken sides. And certainly there's the conversation regarding this hospital where 500 people have, uh, according to the reporting, have been killed. And people want to say, my gosh, Israelis targeted a hospital. That's not the case. So why didn't anybody wait for the data? That's our question. Sadly, I think we know the answer. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com, the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts and on Rumble, Rumble.com slash Tony Katz. Be sure to subscribe. Noah Rothman joins me right now. You know his work over at National Review. He's the author of Unjust Social Justice and the unmaking of America and the rise of the new Puritans fighting back against progressives war on fun. Uh, We have had a series of conversations over the years. Noah, we have things that we agree with and things that we disagree with, but when it comes to this, starting with this story right here about this attack on a, on a hospital where immediately It was about blaming Israel for the attack, and the New York Times did it best. These are all – the headline changed three different times, starting with Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital, then at least 500 dead in strike on Gaza Hospital, and then finally ending up with at least 500 dead in blast at Gaza Hospital. Your piece over at National Review, I read the headline – The hospital bombing lie is a terrible sign of things to come. How did they get
3: to this place, Noah? You have to have experienced it in real time to really get a full sense of how excited the press was by the prospect, the rejuvenating, the comforting prospect of being able to retreat to the notion that Israel, too, is prosecuting war crimes here. If you're a New York Times subscriber, you got an alert on your phone within minutes, minutes of the revelation from the Gaza Health Ministry that this strike supposedly occurred. There's no justification For anyone taking at face value the word of the Gaza Health Ministry, a Hamas-run organization that inexplicably produces exquisitely accurate numbers, figures, casualties, all of which are attributable to, to Israeli military action within seconds of any military action. It's a notoriously unreliable actor, as are a lot of terrorist operatives. And I remember talking to my colleagues that morning about what happens in these conflicts, if you have any familiarity with them. uh, Hamas rockets, Islamic uh, Jihad rockets are rudimentary steel tubes that routinely fail, routinely go off course, often fall on civilian targets inside Syria and Gaza. And those, the casualties that they produce, they are immediately attributed to Israel. So you can't take the word of this institution at face value. If you have any familiarity with, I don't know, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, which if you're a, a person who's been alive, for more than 20 years on this planet, should have at least a, a, an elementary sense of it, and you certainly shouldn't be reporting on it if you're not, then you should have you, you respond to this sort of information with some skepticism. They did nothing. They, they raced right out of the gate in order to demonstrate that there's a moral equivalence here. We can't really be choosing sides in this conflict. We can't say, ah, Israel's just the pure victim here, that the slaughter of 1,500 civilians, women, children, the abduction of uh, of uh, elders as you said that the attack on americans 30 dead americans the worst terrorist attack on americans in in years all of this is just sort of along a continuum of evil of which hamas maybe exists here israel really exists there who are we to judge
0: so so uh, let me to take a, a bit of a side tangent uh, gad sad i had put on on twitter x that what people are experiencing, it's been said different ways. I just like the way he said it in, in this one, not that I would agree with him on everything, but I thought this was astute. People are experiencing what he calls AOC, and he doesn't mean Representative Ocasio-Cortez. He means amnesia of causality. Everything regarding what's happening, this war in Israel, from a spe- the media side, certainly from the university side, and I'd love your take on that, is about what Israel has done in response And they have forgotten that there are 30 dead Americans. They've forgotten that there are American hostages. There are 199 hostages, and that number could be more. There's 1,400 dead Israelis and others who were were murdered for going to a, a, a concert. It, it, the the media playing purposeful in that forgetfulness is that an acceptable statement in your eyes
3: absolutely what you describe is this sort of intellectual corruption a tendency that you see among people who are sharp enough to know exactly what they're doing to invert cause and effect to attribute to effect the cause of a particular action so israel israel's response to a genocidal act uh the worst murder of Jews in one day since the Holocaust is in fact the cause of that event. If you abstract it out, you you end up, you know, you look at these people as statistics and you reduce the agency of the individuals responsible to it. You, You make them into automatons that are just carried along on the tides of history. This is a sort of rationalization process that you need to work yourself through in order to divorce yourself from the humanity of the situation, to make yourself into an absolute ghoul that is just that obsessively it re, it, it forcing reality into a series of intellectual frameworks that not they don't that are designed to help you uh, understand your environment I end up doing the exact opposite end up obscuring your environment, making your capacity to understand your uh, your surroundings and our shared reality uh, in- unintelligible to the uninitiated observer. this had profound consequences this lurch to take Hamas's version of events at face value is a real problem now. The streets are alive with riots in Europe and and the Middle East. American diplomatic facilities are under siege. Joe Biden's effort to meet with his counterparts in Jordan, Egypt, and the Palestinian Authority scuttled in protest as we are trying to contain an aggressive Iran in this region that could very well pull Americans into conflict. Hold on one second. Hold on one second, because I wanted to ask you about this. This was Iran uh,
0: just earlier today with this message. Time is up. It was a message to Israel, uh, the New York Post reporting it uh, and, and 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 others. But the, you had the, the king of Jordan, Abdullah, King Abdullah. You had uh, the head of the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, uh, who I uh, consider a, a terrorist. I'll, I'll say that from my words only, not necessarily putting words into your mouth, Noah. And uh, then you have the president of Egypt, al-Sisi. All were scheduled to meet with Biden. Biden, after this trip to Israel, was going to head over to Jordan and meet with them. That is now not happening is that because of pressure from the Arab world, quote unquote, or is that because, well, we don't know what happened with this hospital, so let's just call the whole thing off and it'll help us put more blame on Israel because at the end, we prefer that.
3: Yeah, I think you would have to say that it's probably attributable to pressure from below. Uh, The thaw between the Sunni kingdoms, the Sunni states in the region, Sunni Arab states and uh, Israel, Is really a top-down phenomenon it is the governments of these undemocratic regimes egypt the uae um, uh, jordan and uh, lastly saudi arabia which was probably the trigger for this event saudi arabia was getting very close to a public rapprochement with israel but at at the lower level at the civilian level that have where individuals have marinated for decades in anti-israeli anti-semitic propaganda the palestinian plight still registers even if it doesn't with their governments uh, so when you do see these uh, episodes of violence happen and, and they, the street erupts in, in protest, these regimes have to fear for their own stability. Uh, so they're looking out for their own ends. Although I don't suppose that all, any of these governments would be all that frustrated if Israel was to truly smash Hamas. Hamas is a pain in their sides. Hamas is a, a Katamai, cat's paw of Iran. It is not on their side. Uh, they don't necessarily like Hamas. And they've been siding with the strong horse in the region for quite some time. A demonstration of force would reinforce their perception of Israel as the region's strong horse. Nevertheless, they can't say that outright. They certainly have to behave as though they're superficially uh, uh, sympathetic to the Palestinian plight insofar as this is representative of it. And it's really not. But what the true problem is for the United States right now is containing Iran. Hezbollah looks to be, based on all open intelligence that we can see, very much prepared to enter this war and open up a Northern front in Israel. And Hezbollah is absolutely a puppet of Tehran. It doesn't do a thing without Tehran's say-so. And Iran is making a lot of sudden movements that are making everybody very nervous. So getting the region on board on the same page is of absolute critical, paramount importance to American national security. It will cost American lives if they're not. And these children playing in the sandbox at these news outlets trying to decolonize their, their newsrooms or whatever nonsense they've consen- convinced themselves of are doing immeasurable harm to the country of their birth. Talking to
0: Noah Rothman of National Review, NationalReview.com. He's the author of *Unjust Social Justice* and *The Unmaking of America* and *The Rise of the New Puritans*, fighting back against the Progressives' war on fun. Uh, let me let me give you this right here. This is Joe Biden uh, speaking in Israel uh, as he was there with Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, giving warning. To other nations, one would think this was Iran, amongst others.
2: We moved U.S. military assets to the region, including positioning the USS Ford carrier strike group in the Eastern Mediterranean, with the USS Eisenhower on the way, to deter, to defer f- further aggression against Israel, and to prevent this conflict from spreading. The world will know that Israel is st- Israel is stronger than ever. And my message to any state or any other hostile actor. Thinking about attacking Israel remains the same as it was a week ago. Don't. 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 So, uh, this is
0: Biden, you know, clearly saying he's on the side of Israel and playing very tough. And he was also clear to tell Bibi Netanyahu in in that one on one meeting uh, this.
2: Thank you, uh, Mr. Prime Minister. In the wake of Hamas's uh, appalling terrorist assault it was brutal inhumane uh, almost beyond belief what they did this cabinet came together and uh standing strong standing united and uh i want you to know you're not alone you are not alone
0: so that's president biden we're standing with you hey other nations don't mess with israel you're not alone but this is Rashida Tlaib, Congresswoman from Michigan. Israel just bombed the Baptist Hospital, killing 500 Palestinians to President Biden. This is what happens when you refuse to facilitate a ceasefire and help de escalate. Your war and destruction only approach has opened my eyes and many Palestinian Americans and Muslim Americans like me. We will remember where you stood. Now, that's a member of the party, the Democratic Party threatening the leader of the party. That much is for sure. But I think the question here is, uh, Noah, what kind of ally is Joe Biden to Israel when the party has so many people who won't condemn Hamas, who won't even mention Hamas in a statement, whether that be Ilhan Omar, whether that be Congressman Andre Carson of Indianapolis and others, the party has a real anti-Semitism, anti-Israel issue. How, is Biden a trusted
3: partner? Well, I think Joe Biden has said a lot of the right things in ways that I don't think I've heard any American president say. When he came out in favor of uh, Israel's right to self-defense, it was the most forceful statement of that kind I've heard from an American president in my lifetime. Joe Biden came out today and at and very uh, directly and without equivocation say Hamas bombed the hospital. He did so based on Israeli intelligence transmitted to the Pentagon and the Pentagon's assessment himself. And it took him a minute to do it as they were reviewing intelligence. He didn't get out in front of it, but he did exactly what news organizations are supposed to do. His administration vis-a-vis Karine Jean-Pierre has condemned in unequivocal terms the comments made by people like Rashida Tlaib, Ilan Omar, Jamal Bowman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez when they were when they were asked by by name, by a reporter, what the administration's position was on their statements. basically saying we need a ceasefire right now, which is tantamount to saying Israel needs to stand down and not engage in its own self-defense. That is the sister soldier moment that so many people on the left and the right have been demanding Joe Biden make since 2019 when he ran against the progressive elements in his party. Does the party have an anti-Semitism problem among these members? Absolutely. Rashid Shalib's a bigot. Ilhan Omar's a bigot. But They are also a rump caucus within the Democratic Party. Washington Post had a piece on the efforts by these members of the coalition and the Democratic coalition to lobby Joe Biden to come over to their side. How many of them are there? 13. Hold on.
0: Let's fight. Now, if you want to hear that fight, you're going to have to go to tonycats.com and catch the whole conversation I had with Noah Rothman. I don't have all the time. I don't have the time to play the whole thing here, but I will get to some other comments. Noah Rothman of National Review. Very much appreciate him. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Zinky. Jordan. So we're clear, as the vote continues for Speaker of the House, Jim Jordan will get less votes today than he got yesterday. John Boehner got a vote.
2: OMG, are you kidding me right now?
0: John freaking tears in his eyes. Let's have a bourbon. I used to own a bar, or work at a bar, Boehner. He got a vote. I, it's weird that he got a, a, a vote before Donald Trump got a vote. This is nuts and uh, for the record, my representative Victoria Sparts did not vote on the first go-round. so they're gonna they're gonna have to recall her and, and, and get her vote because she's not she's not registered yet. She did not vote. they'll come back to her like they come back to people they miss. Make sure they've got everybody. I will admit, I did reach out to her on social media and ask, uh, if you're not going to vote for Jordan, could you do me a solid and vote for my mom? I did. Diane Katz. That's, that's my, my mother. Um, I, 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 would, I, would, I would love to have her get, get, the, uh, get the nod. My mother back in the day could have been a really great speaker. Right now, the, it's, it's been a rough couple years health-wise, but um, I, I don't see her doing it, but I should give it a go. She'd give it a go, but I mean, if votes don't matter anymore, might as well just vote for my mom. Vote for Diane. This is this is madness, madness. I tell you, Jordan, with less votes than he got yesterday, will he be the uh, designee on the third go round? That's the question. I'm Tony Katz.